You're listening to the LaunchCast, your favorite podcast on the planet, brought to you by Launchpad 516 Studios with me, your host, George Andriopoulos. We're talking leadership, business, life, and growth right now as the countdown starts. It's like food for your ears. At this time, I'm going to ask that you fasten your seatbelts. Launch sequence. Launch sequence activated. Launch sequence activated. Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to the LaunchCast, episode 307, this one's called 567 Broadway, you see my jazz hands up here, for those of you watching on YouTube, we got a good one today, we got a guest here virtually in the studio with us, and I am jazzed to get back to our leadership interviews, but first... It's the Launch Dad himself bringing you your favorite podcast on the planet. Leadership, business, life, growth, right here as the beat drops. You know, I'm watching my my guest in the green room right now bopping along to that song. Again, I'm going to reiterate how much I love our theme song. Uh, credit to Tommy Lumberg from uh, License from Epidemic Sound. That thing was that thing was fire from the first second that I heard the song, and and I knew that it had to be our theme song. So, uh, but we'll talk to our guests in a second, guys. Welcome back to the Launchcast. It has been a hell of a season so far. A hell of a season. I want to talk about just a couple of things, and then we will jump into another great leadership interview. First of all, uh, episode 307, we are rolling along in season three. We have given you leadership interviews, which we're back into today. We have given you roundtable discussions, a couple of tiny soapbox shows, a launch cast reboot, and now we're back to these interviews. Check out the show. In a couple of weeks, we have a really, really important moderated debate roundtable deal that's happening. Uh, I don't want to say too much right now, but it's going to be one of our most important episodes ever. So uh, keep an eye on our social media. Check out when we're going to be announcing that um, in the next couple of weeks when that's going to be coming. But we also have a couple of amazing leadership interviews starting with this week and another one next week. I'm not going to give away the guest uh, yet for next week, but it's going to be a good one. The one thing I want to talk about quick uh, before we move forward, I want to give a shout out to everybody out there who supports uh, not only my podcasts, both the LaunchCast and uh, the Over My Dad podcast uh, with me and Dave Thompson. Uh, I want to give a shout out to those that have been supporting our new venture here, Launchpad 516 Studios. You all know Launchpad 516, my company, but our newest venture, Launchpad 516 Studios, the podcast production company, which the LaunchCast is produced by now officially, uh, has rolled out officially. We have started signing podcasts. I am so proud to say we have six shows that are signed already. And by the end of November, we're looking at like 20 to 25 shows that are going to be part of our family. What I want to tell you is check out our channel on YouTube, on not YouTube, sorry, oops, brain fart. Check out our channel on Apple Podcast. There is a Launchpad 516 Studios channel on there. Right now, there's only two shows on there. It's the LaunchCast and the Over My Dad podcast. But a couple of shout outs. The Embrace It podcast with Lainey and Estella. Uh, that's going to be on there soon. Discriminology, one of the most important shows you will ever listen to if you give any crap about the world and about race relations and about how to be a human being um, with Malik Silal and and a couple of other uh, incredible hosts. Malik was on our How to Be a Human Being podcast series in season one, um, which was such an important four-part series that we did. Um, David Chemetsky with Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat is officially signed. That's going to be on the channel soon. And the Conver- Conversations with Kings podcast uh, with Fred P. Banny is going to be on that channel soon. More to come. More and more exciting ones to come. But that's it. You had enough of my, my advertisements. Let me 
talk about our guest today. Our guest, I'm going to do his bio and then I'm going to bring him up on screen. Our, Jeff, our guest is Joseph Corella. Joseph Corella is a choreographer, Broadway performer, dance teacher, and fitness instructor. But at his core, Joseph is a teacher. He is the creator of a dance fitness workout for adults called 567 Broadway, a new musical workout. He started dancing at the age of seven and has learned so much about the incredible benefits that dancing it out can provide for your body and mind. His mission is to share that message with as many people as he can. Most importantly, Joseph believes in positive movement and inspiring adults to get up, move, create, and have fun most of all. He says that dance and the and the arts as a whole have genuinely saved his life and he hopes to help others by sharing his experience. So, let me let him out. He's in he's in green room jail right now. Let me let him out. Bring him up on the screen. Hey. There he is. Hey, hey. I've been dancing in here the whole time. That <laughs> that song is awesome. Isn't it? It's fire. I love that song. <laughs> there was the show, the opening of the show is like I was like, "Yes." That's, that's it's my it. energy. That's the that, and that's why you know, guys. So behind the scenes here, I, I speak to my guests before we go on. And um, a, a little fun fact about the launchcast is that um, we don't do pre-interviews on the launchcast too much. I do my research, which you guys know from back in season one. I do a ton of research on the guests. We get everything prepped for the show, and there's a trust here. There's a trust between the guests and the host that that we're going to be thoughtful of each other we're going to we're going to bring the leadership and try and help some people um but you know we 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 go through the little things uh uh before we we start the show and joseph is in the green room and uh and and i hear that song comes on and he's like bopping along moving and it it really reminded me of the fact that when i was telling joseph um early on that Hey, we can edit this later, but I like to actually produce the thing live. I like to actually do my intro live for every show, not do it in post-production because that actually builds my energy for the show. That's like the place I want to be. And you know, as a performer, right? Like you got to be in the headspace. So yeah, yeah, fun fact, fun fact for our listeners. So thank you, man. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, Super psyched to have you here. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Let's dive right into it. Um, Joseph, are you a leader? Yes. <laughs> yes. So talk to me. A, about a learning that. leader, always learning, always learning. I don't think you'll ever, I think that's the number one thing I've learned for me about leading is that I love creating and I can tell you love creating. Obviously your intro, like that is a creative moment. You yeah. from the, how you do it, every little detail. And that's how I work as well. But I've also learned with cre- creatively leading uh is it kind of you you're guided through that and you learn through your mistakes as well that's where you learn to lead the most is by falling and then getting back up it's not always the most fun sometimes but you you know i i i love creating and i love guiding people and i love learning uh and doing the best i can yeah i love that man um you know we're we're almost 70 episodes in and and i say this time and time again but every time we have a guest on here and we start with that question you know, let's say it's 70, 70 times so far, we've had pretty much 70 different answers. And I love how, um, not only as a leader myself, but as a student of leadership, I love sort of picking apart these nuances of leadership and seeing what they mean to me, how they've been a part of my journey, how I can maybe implement them if they're not. And that really spoke to me when you talked about making mistakes. And as, as an artist, you have to allow yourself that freedom, right? Isn't that, that's so important um, to, to just make the mistake and learn from it and be better from it. Well, yeah, I mean, like that's, first of all, I feel, you know, like that's life in a way, <laughs> like life is not uh, perfect, even though yes, necessarily I want it to be, but especially with creativity and as a performer and the arts and theater, yeah, you definitely, it, it, it flows one way and you're like, okay, I thought I was supposed to go right. I need to go left now and fighting those things I've learned when you fight them. It just, it just delays the process a lot longer, but I love, I love creating so much. And again, your intro to the show is such a creative moment and that sets the tone for everything. But I love, uh, I love exploring and trying new things and seeing where it takes me. Yeah, yeah, and I and I've seen that with with everything that I've seen that you've done uh, creatively. I want to rewind back. I want to sort of start at the beginning, like we do on this show. Um, when we talk about 
the beginning for you, right? And I and I know we're going to get into uh, your connection to movement in early childhood and everything, but paint the picture for us uh, for Joseph Corella. What did life look like for Joseph Corella as a child? Who who was Joseph before uh, movement came into play? I mean, I've always been uh, I've always been a, a person that like I've 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 always felt creativity always even though i sort of didn't grow up in a family that was like that in an interesting sort of way uh but overall i i've loved to connect to people i think that's the main thing of ever since i was a kid i loved connecting to people uh and long story long that's why dance was super helpful for me because even though i love connecting to people i'm a very sensitive person in a way and so through that uh i can sometimes retract and dance has been a great way to help me connect through movement to help others but since i was a kid that has been super helpful for me to to guide me and help me in my life yeah i can imagine where, where did you grow up Phoenix, Arizona. Phoenix, okay, from Phoenix. Yeah. Um, so, so I know that um, your connection to movement started in early childhood with extensive training in jazz, tap, contemporary, contemporary, and ballet. Did that come from you, or or is that something that your parents uh, pushed onto you? So, <laughs> um, they, I have an older brother, and that kind of started. He's about six years older than me, and he was the one that started dancing first, and. I'm really grateful he did because then that kind of helped pave the way for me. I actually, when I started dance, I started when I was like seven or eight, I did it for a year. And then I was like, eh, I want to try baseball. <laughs> and so I was like, I tried baseball for a year. And the thing, <laughs> thing I love the most about baseball was putting on the uniform. And again, I'm a creative person. So like I, I, the, 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 the aspect of baseball itself wasn't appealing to me, but <laughs> putting on a costume yeah. kind of was. Uh, and so I went back into dance after that and, you know, and that's kind of what paved the way, but, you know, yeah, I'd growing up, I was like the only male dancer. So it's kind of changed a little bit now, uh, with UC, like, especially with like TikTok, you see how dance is sure. such a big thing on TikTok and how people are like competing to be the most trended dance ever. And I love that growing up for me, that was not everybody was wanting to do a TikTok dance. No. So I had to push through some barriers with that, uh, but I for sure followed my heart. And that is why I continue to try to really help people. I'm like, what is your heart telling you to do? Okay, do it. And you know, don't deny that. And even if other people are saying don't, really listen to your heart, because that's gonna lead you in the right direction. Yeah. What what was that? I'm I'm curious as to what that support system was like in terms of being a creator, being an artist, being a, a dancer when you were a kid. What type of support system did you have there? I mean, thank goodness my dance studio and my brother. So I had my brother, uh, but going to dance, uh, I had that community there. I, I was like the only male dancer still. There was like a couple others, but not you know nothing that I were stayed long. But I did. Yeah, my brother was a big support on um, guiding me, but I really have fond memories of going to my dance studio, going to class after school and being a part of that, doing the Nutcracker, um, recital. I grew up in the dance competition world as well. So if you've ever seen dance moms, that's, that's kind of how yeah. I, I would go to nationals. I would compete, uh, but it was a great focus point And I regret, I don't regret that at all, but the dance competition world can be a little, a little, little much, I would say. I ask you about the support because, uh, again, we have all kinds of people that listen to this. And, and if I can sort of reach parents here in this moment, mm. it's a good teachable moment to kind of say like, hey, um, I need to support or I need to over support or under support. You know, it's it, I remember my, my son, who's uh, 11 now, my daughter, my older daughter, she's 13. Uh, when she was little, we started her in dance at like three and uh, she was good at it. She didn't. You know, like we knew she would do something performing wise. So now she's into like the school musical and all and singing and she's amazing at that. Um, but she was good at dance. She enjoyed it. And so then my son, when he was old enough, he wanted to do a little bit of dancing and he did like break dancing. Uh, he, did, he did a break class and everything. And then it just like stopped. He did a couple of yeah. classes and he didn't want it anymore. And then he was like, no, uh, basketball, soccer, football, like that's yeah. all he wanted. And I kind of thought okay well it's just not his interest he, he tried it that's great and uh i had this moment a couple of weeks ago we were at this big gala and my kids came to it and it really wasn't like a dancing type of gala but 
you know, the DJ was playing some some good stuff, and my son goes out there and he starts break dancing out of nowhere. And this is like now, like seven years after he took dance uh, for for two <laughs> weeks, by the way, and he's killing it, and the whole crowd's around him. And I'm like, you you can't help but wonder, like, what if he did pursue it? You know what I mean? Because <laughs> even with my daughter, we support the hell out of her with her musicals and and singing and everything, but. What if he, you know, would he not be the sports kid? Would he be the dance kid? You know, it's, and so parents just kind of have to look at that and, and really just learn the proper way uh, to support their kids in, in those endeavors, I feel like, you know, whether it's just being there for whatever the kid wants or helping them push through when, when they want to quit something because you never know why they're quitting. So I just, I thought that yeah. dynamic was, was interesting to hear what, you know, what kind of support yeah. system you had. My parents, for sure, were not pushy with me in a way, which was good. Uh, so, like, if I didn't want to go to dance, they were like, don't go to dance. Uh, but I, I really do think having my brother as a support was helpful. And for me, I, I've i had the motivation. I think that's the number one thing, too, even as I work with adults with dance or, like, dance fitness. It, like, your heart will tell you what you should do. And, like, your son, like, he, he like, but he has your personality, too. No, just already just meeting you today. He had, he wants to be in front of people and that's great. Yeah. And he has no fear. And that's, uh, that's amazing. That's awesome that he has no problem getting in front of people and dancing. And that's, uh, that's good enough for him where he wants to be with that, but your heart will really guide you. And I'm glad that you're giving your children the freedom to explore and say, okay, I want to try that. Oh, that's not working. Yeah. You know, for me, I knew dance was it. I did once I, once I really devoted there was, it was me that wanted to do it. And I think if I wanted, you know, my parents would have totally supported if I wanted to do something else. Uh, but for sure, I was like, I want to go to dance class. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah. So at, at 13, you became a member of uh, famed choreographer Marguerite Derrick's prestigious dance company, Tremaine Teen Company. Uh, and shortly thereafter, appeared in Disney's Geppetto alongside pop superstar Usher. What was that like? That was exciting. I was, you know, going, being from Phoenix, and then I would go to LA to take class at these like professional dance studios that they had, like the Edge Performing Arts Center, Tremaine Dance Center. And uh, I love, I loved that energy. And then uh, once I was old enough to start auditioning, I auditioned for a movie for Disney. I will never forget this. Like, I was so excited and so nervous. And it was a Disney musical that they did, like Cinderella with Brandy and Whitney Houston. And this was the next one after, which was with Usher, Julie Louis Dreyfus. Uh, and when I auditioned, I wound up getting super sick. I don't know if I actually was maybe like nerves. Uh, but I pushed through it and I will never forget. I had a fever for the callback <laughs> and I was, you know, 16 at the time. And I was like, I'm going to do this. And I'm so glad I pushed through it uh, because I did get it. I got the job and uh, to work. There was only four of us working with Usher and it was such a great experience. And it was a Broadway choreographer named Jerry Mitchell who did like hairspray and uh, kinky boots, all these other musicals. But it was such an amazing experience. And I hope that they bring it to Disney Plus because they just brought Cinderella to Disney Plus. But, you know, these are I'm aging myself, but this is in the in the late 90s. We just we just watched that because they uh, well, one of the other ones that they had brought on uh, like a month ago, I watched it with the kids and then we just clicked on Cinderella afterwards with Brandy and yeah. So good. We watched it, it was way ahead yeah. of its time too. Yeah, actually. for sure. For sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so 1997, and this is big. Uh, and I want to ask you about, um, how pivotal the, something like this was, but you were named by the American dance awards, teen male dancer of the year. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So we talk about on this show um, something called spark moments. I like to call them spark moments. These moments in your life where they are so pivotal and they sort of lead you down a path, you know, good, bad, or indifferent that that sort of dictates what's going to happen in the next few years of your life. What part of this whole journey, you know, up until that point, was that spark moment for you where you you just went full force down a path? I mean, that was kind of around the time when I really started to really come into my own as a dancer and and in front of people. Uh, you know, again, I really admire that your son just got in front of everybody and was like going, you know, like living his life. For me, I'm as much as I am a performer that I love being in front of people. I do have it, you know, I can deal with social anxiety. Um, I really have had to learn to find balance through my, how much I give yada, yada, yada. But when, um, that time in my life, when I was teen male dancer of the year, 
I really started to feel like confident <laughs> for the first time, a little more present and as a performer, and it was starting to show through that. And I would get in, uh, I would, and the dance competition role did help me kind of focus in on that. Uh, but that was a big pivotal moment to help me say, okay, you're on the right path. Uh, you know, as much as I, I try to tell people don't place value on awards so much, that one specifically for me was really something because I had been, I had been competing a lot and I sure. was not, I was not winning. And I know that feeling, I know how it felt to get first runner up, uh, or not win, you know, a place at all. And so this was a really big moment for me and it kept going. Then I got Geppetto soon after, um, there was a lot of things that continued after that for me as a performer. So when in this whole timeline did Tropic Zone happen? <laughs> you really did. You did do a dive into my, oh gosh, like, oh gosh, you're like, I love it. Um, when I was eight, when I was 17. So I wound up getting into this music <laughs> pop group and because I sing as well. I actually started singing before. That's why I love musical theater. You sing, you dance, you act. But dance was a big thing that I really concentrated on. But singing was very much part of my life, too. And uh, at 17, I got into this pop group out of Los Angeles called, I didn't really like the name, uh, Tropic Zone. <laughs> I was like, why? But it was with a, a big, uh, you know, uh, company. And that was putting together different groups. And it was it was exciting because I would go to L.A. and record it. Was, you know, I look back like, you know, at 17, I was. Yeah, I did Geppetto and then the pop group. And then my senior in high school, I'm flying to L.A. and doing that. It was and it was um, it was a lot to. Gone, I have to admit, from my brain a little bit at the time, I, I loved that the pop group didn't wind up going anywhere, but yeah. it was a great experience. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I, I just picture like you hear all the stories about the boy bands way back in the day, Backstreet Boys and NSYNC and how okay. they were put together. And yeah, I can imagine the whole the whole experience for you. <laughs> uh, it was exactly that. It, it was so, exactly it's late 90s. Yeah. So it's, you know, you're dealing with like, yeah, like Britney Spears, Backstreet Boys, NSYNC, Christina Aguilera. We were totally on that same thing where they were really pushing that. It, I'm, yeah. I'm Mexican, but I don't speak Spanish. So I, here I am in this pop group and they want me to speak Spanish because it's a Latin pop group. Uh -huh. And I'm, I'm like, I don't, I'm like, really, honestly, I, I, and unfortunately I don't speak Spanish, uh, but they kept pushing me to like, I'm like, I can't, I can't, it's not going to happen in a, <laughs> in a short period of time. Uh, yeah. Shout out to Menudo. Shout out to 98 <laughs> degrees. All the other boy we are, bands out there. <laughs> we are part of the same time. And I love it. <laughs> so, so I, I feel like, um, when looking at the life of times of Joseph here, uh, I feel like this may have been a pivotal moment. So you were building on this dance and vocal talent, uh, and then you began to study at the Lee Strasberg Theater and Film Institute and began to hone your comedic skills with the Upright Citizens Brigade. What is that? So in New York, I because I had went up like after after graduating, after the pop group, uh, I wound up moving to New York because that's where I ultimately wanted to be. And I wanted to be doing Broadway. That was my dream. As Ever since I was a kid, that was my dream. Yeah. And so when I moved to New York, um, I did wind up getting on Broadway in a show called All Shook Up. And then after that, I started doing other jobs uh, regionally and traveling around. And I knew that I needed to go to acting school to really, you know, here I was competing against people that had gone to, to school. Right. Uh, and so, and I had never gone to school. And so I decided to take off a year from performing and I went to the Lee Strasberg school. Best choice I could have ever made. And then um, after that, I wound up going on tour with Greece, the national tour of Greece. And I was understudying, I was doing everything that I had put my <laughs> my eggs in that basket of yeah. of the acting school. And so it was really a really exciting time after that. And then when I moved to LA, I love I love experiencing things. I will, you know, as we're talking about this, it just reminds me of like <laughs> that was doing the the um the the comedy school. <laughs> was terrifying it was <laughs> exciting sure. but it was terrifying and uh it really challenged me and i like it really helped me uh connect to people again that's another great way i, I encourage anybody whether you want to perform or not doing a comedy thing you know uh the upright citizens brigade in la was great and actually you were i was you would deal with actors and also people that were uh you know speakers really allowing themselves to kind of face 
things, but oh my lanta, that was terrifying. Yeah, you I'm sure. First of oh. all, that that the Upright Citizen Brigade is a well-known comedy troupe. Oh yeah. You know, it's in in the oh, same yeah. same world as Second City and and all those other groups. So, uh, did you yeah. happen to be in there with anybody that was famous at the time that became famous? No, not at the time because you go through like your like 101, 201, like it kind of goes up the ladder and I wound up doing two of them, two courses uh cuz then after that I wound up choreographing for dance moms. <laughs> yeah. So, but like doing those two, no, yeah. So it was more like I, simple. So a lot of yes and I, and, and all that yeah. stuff, right? Yeah. See, you you know it. Well, I'm a, I'm a I'm a public speaker and so I've, of course I've done an improv class. But I can't imagine the bravery that it took to get on there. And I want to sidebar on this for a second. Yeah. Um, you know, so so anybody that's gone to an improv show or a comedy show and where they're uh, uh, working with the audience, you know that fear you have of like, please don't call on me, please don't call on me, please don't call on me. It's like imagine that all day long, every day. Like that's like your job now, you know? <laughs> I mean, terrifying. And I'm yeah, sure. when we would do the shows. It was great. Again, it was a great experience and it allowed me to really step into my own in a different way. And actually, I use it a lot. And as you know, as with public speaking, I use it a lot when teaching in a way. It really forces you to pay attention sure. to, to people and it pulls you into the moment to be like, what do I do? Yeah. And you really have to troubleshoot right there where you're like, okay, this isn't going the right way. I need to to go right now. Um, but as you know, yeah, there's sometimes where you're like, oh my God, what is happening? Yeah. Why is this occurring? Yeah, yeah. Um, so so taking that time off, that, that was a huge uh, decision for you to to sort of hone your craft and 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 learn more to become better at what you do, um, which yeah. is a huge part of leadership. If you're gonna do something, you know that it's not always about this second right now it's about the future it's about goal planning and uh and doing the thing right and so i respect the fact that you took that time off to do that fabrizio our mailbag has been blowing up lately with questions about the launch cast and our beautiful studios here and how we produce this whole thing what do you think you think it's time that we give them the secret yeah yeah i think so hit me with some dreamy stuff good good guys it's time to tell you that the LaunchCast, your favorite podcast on the planet, is now produced by Launchpad 516 Studios. What is Launchpad 516 Studios, you ask? Well, I'm going to tell you. It is our brand new podcast production company operating right here at Launchpad 516. Who am I talking to right now? I am talking to people with an existing podcast. I am talking to people with an idea for a podcast. I am talking to anybody that has an important message to get out there and they want to do it on the biggest platform on the planet, podcasting. Guys, hit me up with all of your questions. I'm going to fill you in a little bit right now on how we do this. So podcast production from us means we are doing everything from the admin side of producing your show to filming, recording, and editing to post-production to monetization of your show. Ah, Fabrizio, they like that. Monetization. That means you get to make money on your hobby and turn this into a potential career. We are bringing on a ton of shows under the Launchpad 516 Studios banner, and I am so excited to get this thing started. Contact me at Launchpad CEO on Instagram, Facebook, or hit us up on the email, media at launchpad516.com. You are not going to want to miss this opportunity, guys. This is going to be big. Yeah. When you look at leadership in the arts in general, right? We're not gonna say what you do because there's so much you do and, and people in the arts do. What does that mean to you, leadership in the arts, from the perspective of like the artist to the audience? What does leadership mean to you in that facet? I mean, that's a great question. <laughs> and I think it's the only kind we ask here. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. It's a good it's a good one. Uh it makes you I think the thing is is really knowing exactly for your sector. Because like you said, the art, it can go, you can be doing many different things. I, I, I do believe that if you're going to do something, really take the time to under, you know, uh, understand the 
craft and whatever it is and really do what you can to learn. That's why I did take off a year because I knew I wanted to grow more within what the area that I was in as a performer. Uh, and it's not always easy because you kind of, you got to keep learning, <laughs> which yeah. is, which is always so much fun sometimes, but it is also worth it. But I think that's what makes a good leader is really knowing, learning, educating yourself to really understand what your field is within that, you know, what, what you're doing. Yeah. We're, we're going to get into all the other stuff you did. And then of course, uh, five, six, seven Broadway, but, um, I want to stay on this topic for a second. So do you feel, you know, as an artist that's out there, and again, you've done dance and choreography or everything. Is there a certain responsibility when you talk about that artist to audience relationship, that, you know, leader to um, student relationship sometimes? Because that, that's really what it is. Um, yeah. Is there a sense of responsibility that you feel? And I, and I want to sort of frame this the right way. We've all gone, gone through our shit, right? Um, I know that for me, that when I go through my stuff and I'm I'm ready to feel something or I'm ready to maybe move on and, and, and grow from something, I need that spark of creativity. I need somebody else to do it for me. I need, I need to be, because when we say we need to be entertained, it's not just about like, let me sit there and, you know, get my jester out and, and they can do jokes for me. It's not what it's about. It's, it's in, in reality, you're looking for inspiration from that art mm, when you look to 100%. be entertained, right? So we've all gone through our stuff, but let's, let's look at it on a, on a grander scale, something that a lot of us have, have experienced, right? When we go back to like 9-11, let's say, uh, just a, mm. a tragedy that the whole country experienced. Um, I specifically, because I was, I was young, man. I was, I was 21, turning 22 that year. Um, I remember as a New Yorker, uh, that was still going to school in in the city and and um, lived on Long Island. I remember as a New Yorker that once I felt what I felt in that day and the, and the day after that I was looking to artists out there to sort of tell me how to feel next. I remember a week later being in in anticipation or two weeks later that TV is going to start coming back. Friends is going to have a new episode. Right, it had yeah. been a couple of weeks. Um, <laughs> even when you look at sports, oh right, because they're artists in their own right. I remember the, the the Met game when the Mets played the Atlanta Braves, and Mike Piazza hit a home run, and the whole place was in tears. And uh, you know, it was so artists bring this level of inspiration to us, and and in effect, that that's a leadership. Do you feel a, a sense of responsibility as an artist sometimes? Um, to be there for an audience in, in ways that aren't always as apparent? Definitely, 100%. I mean, through art has, throughout time, has healed people or helped people understand. It does speak to you. We, I think, you know, I really try to help people understand that we all are artists, every single one of us. We all, from the way we do our hair to the, we're all creative beings. We, every choice that we make, clothes, art, article of clothing is a creative choice. It is an expression of some sort. And so, um, you know, especially this pandemic, I've had to, I've, I've felt a, an extreme um, responsibility because I teach virtually now and that has, at first it was something I didn't want to do because it was just, I was dealing with stuff on my own, but I knew that I needed to start and the universe was guiding me. Like it was like, I, I really try to pay attention to the signs that are happening. And um, you know, the universe is like, it's time to teach. Cause I was started to teach virtually with Broadway dance center out of New York city from my home in Joshua tree, California, which was a really who I would have never thought from the middle of the desert, I'd be teaching through one of the biggest dance studios in New York city. Yeah from the desert and uh you know but also too just you know people in my class are from all over the world and we need we needed they needed dance they needed movement uh to to push through all those things the escape feeling good what dance does for you the endorphins that it you know but also too i know for me and like you said those tv shows like the <laughs> that's art like yeah. i sometimes think people kind of forget that where they're like Oh, what's well, a TV show? Uh, well, that's an. <laughs> there's a that's lot art. of art. There's art from the camera, the cameras to the costumes to the set. You know, ever actors. Every little thing is an art, an expression um, coming together as one. But like you know, Bridgerton. I always go come back to Bridgerton. But Brid <laughs> I guess that had an effect on me. Uh, but Bridgerton, like how these things allowed us to escape. There's been so many. I've never watched so much 
TV because yeah. I'm not really a TV. I have to admit, I don't watch a lot. But man, this pandemic, I because I'm home, it was at uh, British Bake Off. Yeah, <laughs> like we've watched that. cooking shows, cooking shows, <laughs> or heel lean. You're like, yes, I thank you for all of that. But yes, 100. percent Art helps us heal. Art helps us heal, especially in New York City. As you, as a New Yorker, for sure understand what theater. Uh, you know, like what theater does for New York, what it does for the world, even though it's kind of weird to think about how theater starts, you know, big Broadway shows start there and then go out into the world for tours and with productions, regional productions in their cities all over the world. And that's, I, I try not to take those things lightly, like, oh, that's happening. That's a, that's a big deal. And I think through the pandemic, we've dealt with had to really grow and change and figure ways to help ourselves as we deal with, as we've been dealing with a lot in many different ways. Yeah. And if, and if people can sort of accept that, like, uh, and, and that's how important the arts are. This is something I wanted to touch on too. And we'll, we'll maybe we'll get a little bit deeper into it later. Now that Broadway's opened up again and it's so mm-hmm. important that Broadway has opened up again, but man, even for me and I, I, I love Broadway. Um, I, I love TV, I love cinema. I'm I'm just a fan of of all types of entertainment like that. Music, concerts. Um mm-hmm. I wouldn't consider myself like a, a Broadway addict because I don't get to the city every, once a week to go watch a show, but when I do, you know, I I'm I'm such a fan of it. I we we go on cruises once a year. We used to before the pandemic. Um there was a one cruise ship on the Norwegian cruise lines that we kept booking every year because they had Rock of Ages. And that's why. Yes. That's why I went on that. I went on the breakaway every year because they had Rock of Ages. That's a nice and, ship too. Oh, it's a gorgeous ship. And then every single night that Rock of Ages played, I went to Rock of Ages. The second year, my wife was like, "Are you kidding me?" Like every night. Yes. Every night. Every night we're gonna go to Rock of Ages. But um, it's a great yeah. show. During the pandemic, right? I remember July Fourth weekend when Hamilton came on Disney Plus, and like it, like mm. changed the world, right? <laughs> that Hamilton was available to everybody. I hadn't had a chance to go see it yet on Broadway, and man, I became obsessed with it. Down to the to the point where I was taking teachings from the musical and using it in my coaching classes. Uh, it's it's just so important. So I'm I'm glad you feel that way about the leadership piece of it. Um, all right, so you mentioned uh, your Broadway debut was in All Shook Up and subsequently toured the U.S. with productions of Grease uh, and West Side Story. Um, other theatrical credits, Surf the Musical, Cats, Alter Boys, Guys and Dolls, and, and much, much more. Um, you've been a featured choreographer in the hit HBO special, uh, Quinceañera Story, and you were actually mm-hmm. featured on NBC's The Today Show promoting uh, that HBO documentary. Now, this is where... Um, the career took an interesting turn, and I want to hear about this. So you teamed up with fitness guru Cassie Ho of Blogilates and Pop Pilates creator for a YouTube collaboration that was seen by four and a half million uh, YouTube followers. Was this sort of when movement and dance and health and all that stuff came together for you? Sort uh, well, sort of. And Cassie, I mean, Cassie, the empire that Cassie's been able to build uh and the people's life she's been able to change is amazing so working with her she because she came to class randomly this is in los angeles and she came to class and i knew who she was and i went up to i went up to her after class and i was like um you're amazing (laughs) and uh so hold on one second and i was like you're amazing and i like i would let's keep in touch and we did and then she had me on her on her channel which was awesome and uh, I'm proud of her for all that she's doing. We've become good friends. Uh, but actually, so what changed for me to start teaching was I did a musical in Vegas called Surf the Musical. And it's the same people that put together Rock of Ages. So it was a big, it was going to be a big musical. And uh, and it was, but it didn't do, it didn't, it was no Rock of Ages. Uh, but it, it, and it was an amazing cast to work with. But after that, I, I wasn't really happy performing anymore. And that's when, uh, for me, life was starting to change. And that's when I got into randomly teaching adults. And that's why, and I was like, I love this. And I'm a firm believer in following your heart. 
and listening to your heart. And I really was like, this is what I'm meant to do for now. And I still, even where I am today, and I've been, that was like eight years ago. And even where I am today, it's like, I don't know where life is going to take me, but I'm going to let my heart guide me. But that's when teaching came into play. And I really have devoted uh, since eight years ago, I have devoted my time to that and then creating my company five, six, seven Broadway. But like, I don't know where life will take me. And I'm excited about that in a way. I'm not going to, I've learned to never be like, I always used to say I was never going to leave New York city and New York is the place for like, I'm never going to leave it. And <laughs> I did. I wanted to believe. <laughs> uh, and, but I've learned to never say like, this is it forever. Who, who knows, but I know that I'll listen to my heart and let it guide me. Um, but I'm grateful that I get to help uh, help others through dance and open their hearts through the dance through through the dance through, through the dance, dance and the arts. So there you go. Yeah. So um, I want to ask you about something else, and then we're we'll, we're going to get into five, six, seven Broadway. Um, so you, you had a ton of other credits. You've been seen on television on uh, Disney's Wizard Wizards of Waverly Place, MTV Dance Marathon, CW's Heart of Dixie. Choreography has been seen on CW, MTV. Uh, the Neon Trees music video, Feel Good. Which one was that? Which uh... That was the one after they, like, when they came back together. It was the first one back. We went up shooting in Palm Springs during, uh -huh. like, the hottest day <laughs> ever. Yeah. But it was awesome because they're great. They're the super talented. Yeah. Group. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, 98 degree. I, I gave him a shout out for it. 98 degrees music video, <laughs> microphone, Julie Brown's hit musical, Homecoming Queens got a musical. Um, so much stuff, so much stuff. Uh, one thing I wanted to mention is because I, I saw this when I was doing my research and I had actually seen this video a ton of times. You worked with Rebel Wilson and my wife is going to like freak out when she hears this. Uh, and you choreographed a cat's routine dubbed Catsercise, which Rebel yes. shared on her social and it's been seen by six plus million uh, followers. The video <laughs> went viral. Um, yeah. So how did that happen? I mean, let me tell you. So that was for her birthday. Uh, and this is right before Cats was coming out. And uh, we, yeah, I got asked to do a birthday party for her and choreograph a number. And it was so much fun. I even worked with her again after that for another thing that she just wanted to do a class. And we did yeah. uh, Grease Lightning. <laughs> she was, we wound up doing a number for that. But it was so great to work with her. And then um, she was such a supporter for, for me and for the workout video uh, that I wound up coming out with, because that was coming out at the exact same time. Sure. So it was, it was really, really great. And, you know, she's hilarious and fun. And yeah. talk about, she has, she puts herself out there and does not care. I love that. I love when people are just like, this is me. Yeah. And here you go, take it or leave it. And I, 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 she for sure is like, here we go. Yeah, So that's great. That's great. Um, so your proudest accomplishment to date is creating 567 Broadway, an all-levels dance fitness class. Uh, the idea was born out of your desire to create, encourage, and provide an inclusive sense of community where everyone could have a safe space to dance and start their fitness jersey, journeys. Uh, tell me how this whole thing came about and, and uh, tell me about the company. Yeah, so uh, after I wound up doing Surf the Musical in Vegas and decided you know, I think it's life is guiding me in another direction. I got uh, an opportunity to start teaching dance fitness to adults. And so when I started that, I loved it. I loved connecting to people that way. And then um, soon, and then I was still choreographing. So I was, you know, I wound up going to work on Dance Moms and then did some others like MTV. And then after that is when I really, I was like, okay, I really want to get back into teaching. And then I started doing that and started creating um, creating the program for 567 Broadway, which is a dance fitness workout to Broadway music. And so it's a half hour of dance cardio and strength training, uh, all to Broadway music. And then I teach a combination, break it down uh, from a musical. We did Cats a couple weeks ago, uh, but it's a lot of fun and it's for adults. I don't think adults get enough uh, play creative time. It's always like kids, kids, but adults need it too. We should never let that go in my opinion. And, uh, that's where five, six, seven Broadway is really an experience. It's not, but it's taking care of your body and mind, but also, uh, allowing yourself to be creative. And I, I, it has been such an amazing experience to watch, um, adults, people come into class 
and really uh, the light come on in their eyes. And dance is really powerful when you allow yourself to kind of step into that that field and of allowing yourself to move through whatever you're going through. And that's, and I created a workout video, I have a YouTube channel, and uh, I've really have devoted my time to that. And especially during this pandemic, I do virtual classes and uh, you know, it's been, dance is powerful. So if you're listening, and you have had the tug of wanting to dance or you're like, yeah, that sounds interesting. Please do it. So whether you do it with me or with someone else, I can't encourage you enough to just give it a give it a go. Give it at least at three times. I always say that too. like try it three times and then see where it takes you. And I'm telling you, it will open some door. That's for sure. Yeah. So tell people where they can find uh, 567 Broadway. Yeah, so you can find me at 567broadway.com. Everything is there, but you can, on Instagram, it's 567broadway. TikTok, which has nothing to do with 567 Broadway in a way, but that's 567 Broadway. TikTok is its own interesting universe. Yeah. Uh, but 567broadway.com is where you can reach me. And if you have any questions, please don't hesitate to message me and reach out. Happy to answer any questions uh, that you might have about my company or about dance, for sure. So when in doubt, dance it out. Awesome. Awesome. Guys, we're going to move on to the big three right now. The big three from the launch cast. Oh, no, I'm nervous. The big three. <laughs> the big three. Joseph, I'm going to give you some, some easy stuff. Easy stuff. Okay. It's not going to be anything crazy. You're going to give me your top three quick, concise answers for each. Ready? Uh, I'm ready. As can okay. Be. Three favorite Broadway shows ever. Ooh. Kiss ever. of the Spider-Woman. Kiss of the Spider-Woman, uh, Aida, and um, I'm going to have to say All Shook Up. I saw Aida on, in, uh, I'm trying to think, third, fourth grade, one of those. We had a, a music teacher in my school who was very scary, um, and she was <laughs> obsessed with Aida, like obsessed to a creepy level, like the cat lady, but not with cats, with Aida. And she brought it. We went to the city and saw Aida. And I don't remember any of it, but I just remember Aida. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> that story I'll, alone. I, I wonder what this teacher, what she's up to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, three favorite performances of yours that you've ever had. The One of the best experiences, the choreographing the HBO documentary, it's called 15 Against Quinceanera Stories. So that was really, it was a documented thing. So if you go see that, actually, it's really great. It's on HBO Max. And then I'll shook up, because that was my Broadway debut. And then um, dancing, you know, when I'm creating the workout video and dancing with my students, like that was another big, that felt like my Broadway debut in a way. Yeah. So those are, I would say, my top three. Very cool. Um, so this is where it gets a little bit harder. Three times that movement has made a difference in your life? My whole life. <laughs> your whole life. It's All true. right, I'll take it's it. True. <laughs> I can't, I can't. I'm telling you, my whole life, If I would not be sitting here if it weren't for dance, movement, music, but the arts, like all of it, that especially movement, as you see, I'll it's really it. hard for me to sit. So my whole life, I'm like, no, I totally get that. I just shimmy the whole time. <laughs> I get that. I, I, you know, when you find that theme, it's sort of like an aha moment sometimes when you find that theme when you're trying to do something and you go, what is that one theme that has just resonated with everything? And you go, oh, yeah. I mean, like for me, it's leadership, right? Um, for you, it's movement. It's it's that thing where you're like, oh, shit. That's that's like everything in my life is circled around that. It's 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 to be sitting here and discussing it still. Some, my mind always gets like weird where I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah, I've literally been dancing my whole life and I'm not 21. So yeah. I don't know if anybody's like, sometimes people are like, I'm not even giving you my age, but I'm not, you know, I'm a nineties kid. So yeah. there you go. I'm a nineties kid too, but don't get too excited about sitting here and talking about <laughs> this. Cause the only person that listens to this is like my mom and, and my, my <laughs> wife doesn't even live. My mom's going to text me the day after this, the day this comes out in the morning. Hi, she mom. Go, Honey, <laughs> hi mom, honey, great show. You did so good on it. <laughs> oh, no, see, we, the best, we have a lot of listeners. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, all right. Last one. Hi to mom. <laughs> last one. Three moments in life where you felt like a leader. Hmm. Oh, did we save the hardest for last? Top three. Uh, top three. Well, first thing that comes to mind is the first time 
I did a dance solo in front of an audience at a competition when I was like nine and I've totally forgot, but I was a leader. I got up there and did it. And, you know, even though I messed up horribly, I still did it. Um, <clears throat> the second is creating my company, 567 Broadway. I would say that was a really, I still to this day, you're learning a lot about business and the behind the scenes and the front and all of it. So that really has forced me to really step into a leadership position. Oh gosh. And the last one, continuing to just sh show up. My students inspire me to be the best human and leader I can be in this world. They're the ones that really, I, uh, they, those are moments when I'm in front of them and discussing and together we're learning a lot. And I, I, I'm grateful. I'm so beyond grateful for the five, six, seven community because they've really helped me grow as a leader. As I am grateful for the five, one, six community. About the <laughs> I love here? our three numbers. You got an area <laughs> code. I got the first three letters for a dance. So there you go. Joseph, I appreciate numbers, you. Numbers. I appreciate you. This was, this was fantastic. I'm so excited. We, we found each other totally, uh, accidentally through this uh, guest matching service, but hey, here yeah, we are, yeah. right? <laughs> I love it. Um, I'm gonna put all of your links in the show notes uh, so people know where to find you guys. You gotta check out Five Six Seven Broadway. I checked out some videos, and there's some fun, super fun interviews on YouTube. Uh, one was from uh, what was a Good Day New York. I, yeah. I know it was something ro with Rosanna Scotto, who I love. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, some super fun, fun videos so you can check out what it's about and then go on to 567 Broadway and, and do this thing. Joseph, thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. And congrats on everything for you too, by the way. So. Thank you so much. I'm going to put you back in the green room. I got some business to take care of here, some bills to pay, and then we'll talk in a second. <laughs> Guys, another one. We did another one. I can't believe you people are still listening to me and I'm still here, but I love doing this. I love speaking to leaders like Joseph. I love teaching you guys that there's no box around this thing called leadership, right? Uh, th this thing is whatever you make it. Leadership can mean a whole lot of things. Don't just assume that you're not a leader. I will go back to episode 101, the first ever launch cast where we had Mike Del Judas from Billy Joel's band here uh, in Big Shot. I asked him if he was a leader and he said no. And I see the people that this guy inspires on a daily basis, myself being one of them. So don't take your leadership journeys for granted. You are leaders. You can figure this thing out. What's next here? This episode's going to come out just like it does every week. You could find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, all the usual suspects. And we're going to be back next week. Next week's another another good leadership interview. You're not going to want to miss it. We'll see you next time, guys. Launch sequence terminated. Into the black hole. Into the black hole. The LaunchCast is brought to you by Launchpad 516 Studios. Produced by Fabrizio Fugazi and executive produced by George Andriopoulos. Marketing and PR by Media Convergence. Theme song by Tommy Lungberg. Music and sound effects are licensed through Epidemic Sound. The LaunchCast is hosted with Podbean. Make sure to subscribe to this feed wherever podcasts are available and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts while you're at it, guys. You can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Pandora, TuneIn, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Podbean, and everywhere else that podcasts are available. Follow me, George Andriopoulos, the host at Launchpad CEO on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or follow the show at The LaunchCast Show on Facebook and Instagram, or at LaunchCast Show on Twitter. Visit our website, thelaunchcast.com, and make sure to follow all the great podcasts produced by Launchpad 516 Studios. We'll see you next time, guys.